Welcome to the All About Digital Marketing podcast. The show all about digital marketing, digital marketing, digital marketing, digital marketing. Brought to you by Socialink, digital marketing agency specializing in social media and content marketing for brave brands and forward thinking SMEs. I'm your host, Chris Bruno. And as always, we're here to bring you the most actionable tips, tricks, tools, and insights to help you achieve more when it comes to your digital marketing. Subscribe to the show and be sure to share with a friend if you found something useful or interesting. You can find all the show notes and more information on www.allaboutdigitalmarketing.co.uk. Andy, thank you so much for joining me today. Hello, thank you very much for having me. So we are going to be talking about marketing automation today, but before we get started, and I know a little bit about you now just purely from doing a bit of research, but I am interested in hearing the story in a bit more detail. Can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, Andy, what do you currently do and the journey that got you to here? Yeah, sure. Well, currently I'm Chief Commercial Officer at Red Eye. So we're an AI-driven marketing automation platform. And, and how did I get here? So well, I started with a marketing degree and that led me on to sort of technology sales. So I worked within Hewlett-Packard. Now, I was, I was actually there during the dot-com boom bust. So that was quite an exciting sort of year watching, you know, everything absolutely explodes you know people are buying 20 million pound server farms preparing for you know the internet to take over everything and then there was a realization it wasn't going to that next month so then everything sort of seemed to stop from there and then after that obviously we got a more gradual growth that that we've seen then accelerate and so what happened at that stage is everybody in that business was talking about web services as that big next thing you know everybody knew they had it had the internet to sell over, but they had no idea what that meant. They had no idea how to do it. They they had no idea how many people were actually coming to their websites and things. So, you know, all those web services started to spring up. So that's when I went out and looked for sort of a business that specialized in that area. And that's, so I researched a number of those uh, and I joined Red Eye very much as a startup. Um, So that that was 20 years ago. And yeah, Red Eye, we've sort of developed a lot over that time so we we, we've always had data at the heart of what we do Um, and we began our lives in sort of web analytics and sort of really looking at customer data and then you know over the years we've developed more ways of actioning that so you know we bought um, one of the UK's largest email marketing businesses uh, in 2004 and we bought a big usability and conversion rate optimization business after that and we've all of these things have added the layers that have got red eye to where we are today and yeah that's where we are now very much focused you know marketing automation you know using ai uh, with a huge raft of experts that essentially help people get the most out of that software and 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 those technologies and we obviously we work with a lot of well-known brands um so you know lots of experience of working with businesses and lots lots of different sectors over that 20 years it's incredible because you just don't meet people today that have been in their job for 20 years so first of all like my hat comes off to you for that that's incredible and i'm guessing that this has changed so much just because of the space that you're in the acquisitions that you guys have made compared to where where the business was 20 years ago compared to today 
Yeah, completely. And that's what's been great. You know, watching a business grow from almost a startup phase to where we are today, you know, very well established or a leader in our space. So, no, it's been brilliant. And it's, it's great to watch, you know, as you go along those steps. There's so many different layers that you have to put into a business as you go grow up throughout that. So, yeah, it's been a great journey. And you know, lots more time ahead. And yeah, Red Eye is one of those businesses where, you know, we, we, it is like a, a big family as well. So, you know, every, we've got a number of people who've been there for many, many years. And we've also got a number of sort of new experts that we brought in over time as well. So it's, a, it's got a good blend of that sort of established and new. You have people like me who are part of the furniture, essentially. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being a good part of the furniture. Like the sofa <laughs> is the most important thing in my uh, living room anyway. Um, but I think that's fantastic. So when we're talking about marketing automation and to give people a bit more of a sense of this, I think it's important for especially smaller businesses don't necessarily realize what you can automate. So I'm wondering if we can start there by just talking about some of the really basic and simple things that people can do within their businesses, especially in the early days when maybe they don't have the resources or the time or the budgets to to pay for these things. But there's so much out there, isn't there? Yeah, completely. And I think probably I would go back to those sort of early building blocks. So I'd almost before you do anything, you've almost got to try and pick out what you want to achieve. So, you know, I, I hear a lot on your podcast, you know, people saying similar things It's about, first of all, putting those objectives in place and then working out how do you measure those. So, you know what you're trying to you know, influence before you make those changes. But obviously, then there is there are, there are those bedrocks that you put in place. So start simply, as you've just said, and especially if you're sort of an SME, you you'd never want to go and try, try and put 200 campaigns live you know, over a month and get, you know, run before you can walk. So I, I think a welcome campaign is absolutely crucial to have in place. So, uh, you know, research that we've seen, you know, only 50% of businesses actually have an automated welcome campaign. Um, but customers, you know, 75% of people say they expect to receive a welcome email as soon as they sign up. So, you know, the stats tell you straight away there's a disconnect there. Um, another good one that now you know, most most platforms that you can sign up with will help you get a basket abandonment campaign live as well. You know, don't leave those baskets um, that have been abandoned. You know, use that technology to follow up on those. Um, and then I'd probably say actually start to do some rudimentary segmentation of your of your of your campaigns before you send them out. So, you know, the days of the monthly newsletter are completely gone. You know, we have to now try and really tailor those comms to our different customer groups. So, you know, for your business, try and work out what are those key customer groups you've got and try and specialise those messages to each of those accordingly. I think it's always important. You, you said it again, starting with the objectives in mind is incredible and the amount of businesses that i still meet today and even established even you know businesses that are making money like making good money big money but you'll ask them okay well you know well, what are you looking for and they'll be like that growth and you're like that okay cool what does success look like in terms of that growth and they'll be like that well we'll be, we'll be bigger or we'll be making more money and you're like that okay how much more like what's the number how many clients do you need to make that happen what's the time frame realistically to do that with and you you realize that if it can happen in big companies where there are the budgets to have people looking at these things, you're in real trouble when you're in SME territory and you're in real startup phase where there is no money. Most of the time, there is no time either. <laughs> you know, you're busy juggling, as I like to say, juggling spinning plates. It's it's complex. It's hard. There's a lot to do in a business. 
but it is one of those key elements, right? How many leads do you need to be able to convert a customer? And people like that, well, I don't have that kind of information. It's like, okay, it's going to take a bit of time, but you need to look back over it. And how many people did you talk to? How many people asked for a proposal or how many people inquired about it? How many people did you convert? Whatever it might be. But we all have data points, no matter how rudimentary it is, right? Completely right. And, and and once you've got that data, then you've got those building blocks to start to develop from. So, you know, if you've got five or six campaigns live, you can analyze those. You can see how they're performing. You can run tests and you can very quickly work out which of those campaigns are delivering you the value that then determine you invest more in time and effort into improving those programs further. And that's and that is the best way to build these things up iteratively. So you almost, you know, you're building up that network of campaigns and those customer journeys over time based on what is delivering you the best value. And yeah, also making sure you're putting yourself in your customer's shoes. So you're actually, you know, making sure you're delivering those things that are going to help them to buy from you. Because, yeah, we are, you know, with more than ever, those online relationships are crucial. You know, we were all locked up for a very long period, so we didn't have you know, shops to go and engage with. So we've all become absolutely hooked on what we're receiving and, and how we're interacting with businesses online. So, you know, the ex- expectations are miles more than they've ever been. You know, people will, know, will, will not accept simplicity from you anymore. They want to be spoken to, you know, because you know them. And if, you, if they've bought from you a few times, they, they feel like they've got that relationship with you and they demand it. It, is, it always interests me, like, when I talk to people about what we do as an agency or whatever else, and people will be like that, oh, are you the reason why, you know, I see that advert for a pair of shoes or whatever? And you'll be going, did you ever look at the pair of shoes? And they go, yeah, like I looked at it a couple of times because I really want them, but I haven't got around to buying them yet. And you're like that. Yeah, that's how this works. But to me, I've always looked at it the other way around. Like I get targeted pretty well because of what I'm interested in. And as you can imagine, I look at tons of different marketing technology platforms, SaaS products, one thing or another. So I'm constantly being bombarded by new social media tools and new marketing automation platforms or whatever else it might be, which is perfect for me. Uh, I very rarely have a pair of shoes come up on my uh, <laughs> on my adverts for, for obvious reasons. But it is all part of that idea of these are and again, I know people have issues with data and data privacy and all of these kind of elements, but these are the ways that things are going. Like you said, we're looking for a personalized experience. We're looking for that kind of tap on the window moment of, yeah, you remember these that you looked at, but you didn't get around to finishing or a holiday booking or a hotel for something or whatever it might be. And these campaigns, the second reason like for people to bear in mind as much as they might complain about it, but these campaigns work. That's why people keep doing them. Um, and I think that's something that's really hard for people, especially smaller businesses when they're still trying to figure this stuff out. They almost feel like maybe it's too much or maybe they shouldn't be pushing down these routes or, you know, but yeah, but I don't like privacy rules or issues with Facebook and knowing what I like and one thing or other. So I shouldn't do that for my business. And it's the reality of the world that we live in today, right? We need to do these things. We need to have abandoned cart emails being pushed out to users. We need things that make sure that we get people to carry on engaging because we are all busy. And, you know, we were talking about this when we first jumped on, right? It's happened to us before that you're on a call, you're waiting for somebody to join, you go off and look at another tab and then you forget about that tab being open and you come back, somebody's waiting. Oops, sorry. Like it happens to me all the time. So I recognize the fact that I'll start looking at something, start considering shopping something. And eventually it gets to the point where I have so many tabs, I think, 
easier to close everything down and start afresh than to look through all of them. Yeah, completely right. And, and you know, there's a lot of reasons why people do struggle to do these things, just as you've said. And it is a case of just unpicking those with each, with each, with each you know, challenge that you have, because, yeah, people do expect it. And your competitors are going to be doing it as well. You know, you know, you might wait six months because you weren't quite sure whether to do something. Can your competitors grabbed a huge share of your market by getting these things automated and getting people hooked on receiving them? Um, because, you know, it's an experience. That's what we're trying to create. And I think I think there is a danger sometimes that people chase chase the money too much. You know, we're all here, you know, profit line, you know, revenue is all vital. But it is also, you know, to get there. There's the other element. You know, customer experience is crucial. You know, people need to enjoy that experience when buying from you. You know, um, you have to keep them coming back. You know, you have to you have to keep giving them good reasons and exchanging value with them to bring them to your site and get them to look at your products. You know, if you don't do that, other people again will, and you're you're one click away from somebody going elsewhere. So you know that they're they're all reasons why it is it is really important to do. Uh, so yeah, and, and it's about finding the right people within your business who understand that as well. And I think that's a struggle that some SMEs do have. You know that you know they can be very light on resource, and you can have you know an owner senior directors may be doing three or four jobs that would be done in, in a larger business. So that does become harder. So often it is good to try and find those people in the business who who have a real aptitude and, a, you know, a hunger to help improve that customer experience. And that can really make a difference. You know, something that I always recommend as well to SMEs, it's, you know, workshops work really well to pull this sort of idea generation across a business. Because if you don't have that sort of expert, you could get you can get together five or six, you know, people from different departments who are, who who are influenced by what happens, you know, within in the e-commerce section, and basically understand from them what they feel would make the biggest difference. You know, you get someone from customer experience, you get someone from customer services, you know, maybe maybe from the call center, you know, somebody from finance, somebody who works on those applications day in and day out and understands where people are dropping off. And you get them together and you get them to think from, you know, what what what's stopping people going through those journeys? You know, how can we help them? How can we make that a better experience? You know, they're, they're, they're great ways that you can get a huge amount of value from just a two hour session to get some ideas for where to start. I almost shout at a lot of customers that we have or have had over the years. Sorry to anyone listening. The the amount of people also that don't talk to their customers. And I find this amazing, like the, the number one resource for me. And it doesn't matter whether you're selling a product, a SaaS business, uh, a pair of shoes, a holiday. I don't care. If somebody's giving you their hard-earned cash, I want to understand why they gave me their hard-earned cash. What was it about what we said or what was it about how we performed or what was it, you know, for our business, it's all about sort of monthly recurring. We do things now as 12 week, like quarterly sprints as an agency. So it gives people a genuine reason to stay with us. If you like what we did for those 12 weeks, you'll stay. If you feel like we didn't deliver, you'll leave. Fine. Perfect. It works well for both sides. But the main thing is that, you know, what did we do well? What could we have done better? Where are the parts that you felt that we fell down? Where were the parts where the systems could be easier for you? What could we implement differently that would change the experience of working with us? And that's just an example for me as an agency. And again, we're service-based, but on products, it's the same thing. Ask people. 
and to be honest, you get great results from surveys and stuff by offering a free 50 quid voucher or whatever it might be, win a free 50 quid voucher for the site. You're giving people another reason to come back and spend more money to, on your website. But you'd be amazed what will happen if you reach out to people and say like, hey, like, you know, we'd love to have a chat. Would you be willing to give me 10 minutes, 15 minutes? People will tell you a lot. Complete, completely agree with you. And I think that is a huge change that is coming. I think, you know, there's a lot being talked about that zero party data. So, you know, actually having conversations with customers and, and asking them to tell you what they would like to know about, you know, tell, getting them to tell you what they would like to buy next. You know, that is data that they're, they're openly telling you and giving you their permission to use. Uh, and, you know, there's no better hand raised than somebody saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to look at these products for Christmas, you know, and then you can use that data to target those customers with those sorts of products in the lead up to Christmas. I think, you know, I think that's a huge thing that's coming. I think that's another thing that technology is going to help people to have those conversations on a more regular basis. So that's another, you know, another big aspect we do for a lot of our clients is, you know, having those campaigns that drive people to site to buy, but also, you know, there's widgets within those that are letting people gather more information about a customer. So you're, you're slowly building up that picture of what somebody's interested in. And you, there's loads of different ways you can use surveys, you can use polls, you can use, you know, microsites, just, you know, asking some open questions that you can then, from a data point of view, you can actually automate things that follow up off of that and then make that journey more personalized to what those people have asked for. You know, you know even going down to, you know, like, clothing sizes colors you know the types of outfits you're looking for you can be really specific with that but once you've collected enough data you can actually start to make a real difference from it but but i think a key thing is with that zero party data if you're asking for it you know people you then building that expectation you're going to use it so if people do start to do that sort of data collection you've got to make sure you are using it it's interesting actually talking about the sizing and stuff it just made me think of i think the website's called threads uh, and I signed up to this at some point uh, a couple of years ago. And I was just like, that. look, I don't really like going clothes shopping because I don't. And obviously it curates like these sort of styles and one thing or another, and obviously based on some initial questions. And then you put in your initial sizes and all of this kind of stuff. And then literally the experience is super fluid and easy because you're not messing about with your sizes and stuff because it already knows your sizes. It's picking out whole outfits. So you're now not buying a piece of clothing and having to go somewhere else to think of another piece. And each time you chose an outfit and you bought, it would learn and it would start to bring in similar kind of outfits. So it's not constantly pushing the wrong thing to the wrong people, but actually it's just a constantly evolving system that's actually getting better for me as an experience uh, rather than the other way around, i.e. I have to go traipsing around the internet and figure out what it is that I want to buy. Now, if I said that, my girlfriend would say, you're an absolute animal. What's wrong with you? Let's go and do 15 shops in a row and buy something from each of them. Uh, and then we might take some of it back or find some of it in a cupboard a few weeks later or months later. But that's each person's different, right? But the idea of that technology, you know, if you know that someone, when they come onto your site and is constantly shopping in a particular size, you've got that data, right? How hard is it then to be able to to implement that. And this I think would be a question actually for you. How hard is it to implement that data when you are an SME and when you maybe don't have the development scale on the back end to be able to to push out these kind of changes? Yeah, it's it's, it's very straightforward because you, you let the technology partner take care of that. You know, and that's what we've built systems that allow us to do. So it starts with some very basic tagging that you can add to things like your 
Google Tag Manager or, or whatever platform you might use. It will also, you know, take feeds from your, you know, back end that you can basically then use to build segments and target people across. Off. So it can be done in many different ways. And we're, we're very flexible so that we actually will help a business to use the data that they've got rather than give fixed formats of it must come in this way. Um, so, yeah, it's about, you know, being flexible and really helping those businesses because, yeah, the truth is there's very few businesses that have data in the same way anyway. You know, you know, businesses will build up data over time. They will have silos. You know, they will have used different sorts of systems. And that, and that's where businesses, you know, such as ourselves and others that are out there are able to go in and help you pull that together, help you do an audit of where your most actionable data is so that essentially you, you're taking those bits that you can use to then put into that system and then once it's in there it's all very straightforward to interrogate and and build segments that you can then use for sort of automation and for you know your regular campaigns that you're sending out so yeah it's 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 getting it set up in the right way for your business and that's and that's where you know that's where people like us try and help so where does the ai come into this this is the uh, the all-inclusive and the all uh, big cost uh, conversation at the moment i'm having lots of conversations with people that are now developing these systems where ai can help take certain data points and show particular courses of action let's say but how does that work for the marketing automation yeah so so the way so the way the way we work is there's different levels of automated different levels of ai that we can use so what we've built is we've built a set of specific models that are used at different stages of the customer life cycle. So they're, they're ones that are typical for, for most businesses that they can be used within there. So to give you some examples, um, so we have a, a predictive frequency manager. So essentially it will help you, it will learn from your customer's behavior and it, then it will help to predict when a customer is most next likely to interact with an email. So essentially you can then overlay on your other segments who are most likely to interact with those. So you can essentially then set the frequency based on how likely they are to open those next emails. So, you know, it, it, in simplicity, you can look at people who love everything you send and opening everything, and you can set frequency for those guys differently to people who might just look on a, a weekend or might just look a couple of times a month when there's a particular offer. So you can start to tweak those programs so you're sending the right volumes to the right people. And, you know, that's a great example with, you know, everything digitally. Sometimes leaving people alone actually helps your performance. You know, it's that old farming term of, you know, leaving the field fallow for a period. So if somebody's not buying, you don't want to just beat them over the head until they do. You want to leave them alone and then and give them the right message at the right time. You know, some people aren't ready to to buy those outfits every single afternoon some will buy them when they're ready to buy them and, and you you've got to do that because yeah pe people people get tired when they're over mail but yeah and the other models things like you know second purchase so trying to predict when somebody's most likely to make that second purchase and what that might be um and you know we're seeing that's a huge thing we've seen through the pandemic i think you know again through the lockdowns many many businesses have had a massive increase in their one-time purchase figures 
Uh, I think a lot of your listeners will probably be recognizing that within their data. And if they don't go and check your data, and I'm sure it will be very similar. So it's about using that data to try and pick out those people that we can you know, we can get through to buy a second time and then a third time and a fourth because it's about, again, once you've got that frequency of purchase, somebody's a lot more likely to be a regular customer. Other ones, things like churn. So, again, that's a really, really, really valuable uh, model. And what where the churn model works is what it tries to do is it predicts when people are going to start lapsing. Uh, it's a lot harder to win somebody back when they've already gone. You know, when the horse has bolted and shot across the field and it's in the distance, it's a lot harder to get it back than as it's just leaving the uh, stable. And that's what the predictive churn model is about. It's try- it predicts when people are starting to show those things. You know, they're not opening as many emails. They're not looking at products. Uh, you know, maybe they've only bought one thing where they used to buy three or four things. And it's so it starts to work out those changes in behavior and allows you to really focus on those sorts of customers. So we, we got a great case study with All Beauty, so the fragrance and beauty specialist, and they, uh, through a predictive churn model, they were actually able to increase sales by 415% and increase revenue by 519% for the customers that they retained. So, you know, massive improvement there for a really good business, but just showing what you can do by using AI in the right way. And again, and, and you can go, you know, you can go to the ends of the earth with AI. So, you know, you can invest massive amounts in building very specific models that will, you know, will will learn your own business in in a specific way for you. But I would start quite simply and I would start with some of those bigger challenges that you can then use it for in a very sort of confined way that, again, improves upon specific objectives and metrics. There's so many things that you mentioned here. So I'm, I'm going to pull you up on a couple of them just to see uh, if I can go into more detail. This is also just out of pure interest. I, I'm, I'm renowned for a rabbit hole or two. Um, <laughs> In, in terms of obviously we're talking about open rates and everything else and obviously there's a big shift coming in the next version of uh, iOS and for um, for Mac and that's got quite a few email marketers a little bit concerned let's say whereby if the privacy settings are set it will automatically mark every email as opened whether as soon as it's downloaded right how does that how do you think this will affect and i'm not talking about just for you guys i'm talking in general for the market right it's going to cloud certain stats especially for smaller players and for smaller businesses yeah without question open rate will change once that happens but again you know we've been having things like this for many many years um, so, you know, you know, Google's preloaded the, the open GIF previously, you know, so these these changes are coming. We welcome them again. Everything, everything regarding privacy in this industry, we have to absolutely welcome. And, you know, we have to have to work within that. So so ways you can do it is that, you know, the models will be changed to take clicks in a similar way. They already do. There are already other data points. So, you know, it'll be clicks, visits. There'll be lots of other data points within there. You would never use just one anyway. So you just you just change the weighting of what is actually used within the model. So there's some very simple ways of doing that. But it's a very, very, very good question. And it's a, it's a big one that a lot of people are talking about at the moment. It's just, I guess, there's shifts, right? We've all, well, I've been around for only 13 years running this agency. So not quite as long as uh, as you, but the shifts have been astronomical anyway, right? The everything, like what we can do today and how easily we can do it. I mean, God bless the good old days, but, you know, 
having a, a two megabyte internet connection seemed like, you know, you had made it. That's it. As far as you were concerned, you were at NASA headquarters and uh, ready for launch. Nowadays, not quite the same. Do you remember those dial-up noises when you when we used to log into the internet in the early days? But I actually, one, one that will give you a good one in this conversation is actually my first month at Red Eye, we were actually, we were work, we worked on a report where around the death of the cookie. So, you know, you know, those conversations have been going on for 20 years. So <laughs> um, I, I'm That's sure those conversations will, will carry on for many, many more. So, and I think we've seen, you know, recently, you know, with the potential changes with the UK government where potentially, you know, the cookie legislation, you know, how it's adopted may well change again. So I think, I think as consumers, let alone digital marketers, I think we're all sick to death of, of cookie banners, aren't we? So if you were an alien coming down and, and having a look at a website, you would, it would be something you would question how we've got to that situation, wouldn't you? <laughs> but it is a tough one, right? Because the GDPR rules and everything else it's not just that they wanted to put this in place and I'm all for it. Data privacy, if you're doing something right and you've got a good brand and you're delivering real value to people, I do believe people will keep buying. You don't need a smart way of hammering into them like you said earlier, right? People do connect with brands. But the biggest, hardest part of all this was it was such a complex process, especially for SMEs, to try and understand what they needed to actually do to be GDPR compliant and it got to the point where I think it was only last year, the ICO's website failed to comply with GDPR terms that they're there to enforce. And I mean, if that doesn't sum it up perfectly, I don't know what does. Yeah, I, I always remember they published the graph of their web analytics tracking and they showed how everything was tracking and then they made the change. And <laughs> so, yeah, you know. Yeah, but we're in a learning stage, aren't we? We are really, you know, again, in 20 years from now, we'll look we'll look back at, at the dark ages that we're in now, you know, when everything's automated, everything's AI driven. And you know, we'll think, how did, how did they cope in those days? You know, they must have worked themselves to death. They had to do so much as opposed to the machine just runs it for us now. But but yeah, yeah, we're, we're still learning and we, we will have to keep you know, changing how these things work because it's got to be great for the consumer. It's got to be good for the businesses. It's got to be, it's got to be the right thing for privacy. So, but yeah, I, I personally think we're still at the start of that journey, but I think the legislation that's come in will help us get there because you, you start with a point of we've got to do the right thing. And as long as that's what we all think about, then, you know, we're going to go in the right direction. The right thing that brings the right value to everybody, that's the real win, right? That's the perfect situation that we're all hoping for. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so if you could say to anybody listening right now, no matter what stage they're at, what's the most important thing that they should be doing in terms of making sure that they're helping their digital marketing do as well as it can be, what would it be? Yeah, I, I would I'd definitely say, you know, focus on your data, look at your data, make sure you are taking good action from your data. And I think where you would want to get to is for your particular business, what are those golden nuggets of data that will drive you the best value? Because there is no one size fits all. In the same way as, you know, everybody's business has a has that reason why people buy from it. You know, within your data, there are there are nuggets of information that you can use to to sell more to those customers who you know love your product and and then use that to entice more customers. So it's about having that hunger to really find that stuff within your data. And a, and a lot of businesses, 
And a lot of, you know, very bright people within businesses shy away from the data. And, you know, you know, it, things become more gut feel or because they've done this before in another business. And, and you know, I think we've always got to use those ideas, but it's all got to come from a data you know, decision making process. I think that's huge. And again, there's so many great tools, even as starting points for for small businesses out there. Um, and you mentioned earlier on, you know, even something as simple as Google Analytics, the depth and width of information that you will get for free and the insights that you can drive from that makes a huge difference, I think. Uh, and again, too many people don't look at the data. What's nice about the data is it's black and white. Sometimes there are some grey, but it's mostly black and white. But I do think it's really important for everyone, and I do think that's a great tip. So there you go, guys and girls. If you're listening and you haven't got Google Analytics on your website or some other form of tracking, that's your first step. Andy, thank you so much. Before we wrap up, where can people find you, and how can people find out more about Red Eye? Yeah, well, I'm um, I'm on LinkedIn, so just Andy Stockwell Red Eye, and you'll find me. Um, this is what I look like for anybody who sees us on um, <laughs> on the, on YouTube. So it will be quite easy to find. Uh, and then redeye.com, we're very simple to find. And, you know, lots of the sort of case studies we've talked about are on there. We publish a lot of that sort of thing from the great clients who like to talk about the good work we do for them. So lots of information on there about us. And, yeah, please reach out. I'd love to tell you guys more. And you do have some resources on there as well, don't you? So people can find more info, more ideas, more ways of doing things. Uh, so it does look like it's got a lot of content on there that would be very useful for people. Yes, great. Thank you. Andy, thank you so much for your time and uh, absolute pleasure getting to know you. Thank you. You too. Really good to talk to you. Speak again. The All About Digital Marketing podcast is brought to you by Social Inc., a distributed digital marketing agency specialized in delivering results through online campaigns. Whether it's content marketing, social media marketing, online advertising or web design, we've got you covered from strategy through to delivery. If you're struggling with your digital marketing, get in touch today by simply visiting www.socialinc.co.